Hello, I'm Rhoda Minninger. This is July 3, the Bible in a Year with Maple City Chapel. The readings for today are 2 Kings 22, 3-23-30, Acts 21, 37-22-16, Psalms 1, 1-6, Proverbs 18, 11-12. 2 Kings 22.3 In the eighteenth year of his reign, King Josiah sent Shaphan, king of Azula, and grandson Meshulam, the court secretary, to the temple of the Lord. He told them, Go to Hilkiah the priest, and have him count the money the gatekeepers have collected from the people at the Lord's temple. Entrust this money to the man, men assigned to supervise the restoration of the Lord's temple. Then they can use it to pay the workers to repair the temple. They will need to hire carpenters, builders, and masons. Also, have them buy the timber and the finished stone to needed to repair the temple. But don't require the construction supervisors to keep account of the money that they receive, for they are honest and trustworthy men. Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan, and he he read it. Shaphan went to the king and reported, Your officials have turned over the money collected at the temple of the Lord to the workers and the supervisors at the temple. Shaphan also told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. So Shaphan read it to the king. When the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest. Achaim, son of Shaphan, Abkar, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and Asaiah, the king's personal advisor. Go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for the people and for all of Judea. Inquire about the words that are written in this scroll that has been found. For the Lord's great anger is burning against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words in this scroll. We've not been doing everything that it says we must do. So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Abkar, Shaphan, and Asiah went to the new quarter of Jerusalem to consult with the prophet Adullah. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, son of Haras, the keeper of the temple wardrobe. She told, said to them, The Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Go back and tell the men who sent you. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring disaster on this city and its people. All the words written in the scroll that the king of Judea has read will come true. For my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods, and I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will burn against this place, and it will not be quenched. But go to the king of Judah who sent you to seek the Lord and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the message that you have just heard. You were sorry and humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I said against this city and its people. 
that this land would become cursed and become desolate. You tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, said the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you have died and been buried in peace. You will not see the disaster that I'm going to bring on this city. So they took her message back to the king. Then the king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. There the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all of his commands, laws, and decrees with all of his heart and soul. In this way, he confirmed all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll, and all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. Then the king instructed Hilkiah the high priest and the priests of the second rank and the temple gatekeepers to remove from the Lord's temple all the articles that were used to worship Baal, Asherah, and all the powers of the heavens. The king had all these things burned outside Jerusalem on the terraces of the Kidron Valley, and he carried the ashes away to Bethel. He did away with the idolatrous priests who had been appointed by the previous kings of Judah, for they had offered sacrifices at the pagan shrines throughout Judea and even in the vicinity of Jerusalem. They had also offered sacrifices to Baal and to the sun and the moon and the constellations and to all the powers of heavens. The king removed the Asherah pole from the Lord's temple and took it outside Jerusalem to the Kidron Valley where he burned it. Then he ground the ashes of the pole to dust and threw the dust over the graves of the people. He also tore down the living quarters of the male and the female shrine prostitutes that were inside the temple, inside the temple of the Lord, where the women wove coverings for the Asherah pole. Josiah brought to Jerusalem all the priests who were living in other towns of Judah. He also defiled the pagan shrines where they had offered sacrifices, all the way from Geba to Beersheba. He destroyed the shrines at the entrance to the gate of Josiah, the governor of Jerusalem. This gate was located to the left of the city gate as one enters the city. The priests who had served at the pagan shrines were not allowed to serve at the Lord's altar in Jerusalem, but they were allowed to eat unleavened bread with the other priests. The king defiled the altar of Topeth in the valley of Ben-Hinnon, so that no one could ever again use it to sacrifice a son or a daughter in the fire as an offering to Molech. He removed from the entrance of the Lord's temple the horse statues that the former kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun. They were near the quarters of Nathan-Melech, the eunuch and officer of the court. The king also burned the chariots dedicated to the sun. 
Josiah tore down the altars that the kings of Judah had built on the palace roof above the upper room of Ahaz. The king destroyed the altars that Manasseh had built in the two courtyards of the Lord's temple. He smashed them to bits and scattered the pieces in the Kidron Valley. The king also desecrated the pagan shrines east of Jerusalem to the south of the Mount of Corruption, where King Solomon of Israel had built shrines for Ashtoreth, the detestable goddess of the Sidians, and for Shemosh, the detestable god of the Moabites, and for Molech, the vile god of the Ammonites. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah poles. Then he desecrated these places by scattering human bones over them. The king also tore down the altar at Bethel, the pagan shrine that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had made when he caused Israel to sin. He burned down the shrine and ground it to dust, and he burned the Asherah pole. Then Josiah turned around and noticed several tombs on the side of the hill. He ordered that the bones be brought out, and he burned them on the altar at Bethel to desecrate it. This happened just as the Lord had promised through the man of God when Jeroboam stood beside the altar at the festival. Then Josiah turned and looked up at the tomb of the man of God who had predicted these things. What is that monument over there? Josiah asked. And the people of the town told him, It is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judea and predicted the very things that you have just done to the altar at Bethel. Josiah replied, Leave it alone. Don't disturb his bones. So they did not burn his his bones or those of the old prophet from Samaria. Then Josiah demolished all the buildings of the pagan shrines in the towns of Samaria, just as he had done at Bethel. They had been built by the various kings of Israel and had made the Lord very angry. He executed the priests of the pagan shrines on their own altars, and he burned human bones on the altars to desecrate them. Finally, he returned to Jerusalem. King Josiah then issued this order to all the people. You must celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God as required in this book of the covenant. There had not been a Passover celebration like that, since the time when the judges ruled in Israel, nor throughout all the years of the kings of Israel and Judea. But in the eighteenth year of King Josiah's reign, this Passover was celebrated to the Lord in Jerusalem. Josiah also got rid of the mediums and psychics, the household gods, the idols, and every other kind of detestable practice, both in Jerusalem and throughout the land of Judah. He did this in obedience to the laws written in the scroll that Hilkiah the priest had found in the Lord's temple. Never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all of his heart and soul and strength, obeying all the laws of Moses. And there has never been a king like him since. Even so, the Lord was very angry with Judah because of all the wicked things Manasseh had done to provoke him. For the Lord said, 
I will also banish Judah from my presence, just as I have banished Israel. And I will reject my chosen city of Jerusalem and the temple where my name was to be honored. The rest of the events in Josiah's reign and in all of, and all of his deeds are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. While Josiah was king, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went to the Euphrates River to help the king of Assyria. King Josiah and his army marched out to fight him, but King Necho killed him when they met at Megiddo. Josiah's officers took his body back in a chariot from Megiddo to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb. Then the people of the land anointed Josiah's son, Jehoaz, and made him the next king. Acts 21:37 through chapter 22:16. As Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, "May I have a word with you?" Do you know Greek? the pink commander asked, surprised. Aren't you the Egyptian who led a rebellion some time ago and took 4,000 members of the Assyrians out into the desert? No, Paul replied. I am a Jew and a citizen of Tarshish in Cilicia, Cilicia, which is an important city. Please let me talk to these people. The commander agreed. So Paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet. Soon a deep silence enveloped the crowd, and he addressed them in their own language, Aramaic. Brothers and esteemed fathers, Paul said, listen to me as I offer my defense. When they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. Then Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarshish, a city in Cilicia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to, to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the followers of the way from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. I fell to the ground and heard a, ground, heard a voice saying to me, Saw, Saw, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, who are you Lord? I asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, the one that you are persecuting. The people with me saw the light, but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. I asked, What should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, Get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told everything you are to do. I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led by the hand to Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, devoted, deeply devoted to the law, and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. 
he came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And at that very moment I could see him. Then he told me, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and have your sins be washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Psalms 1, 1 through 6. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand with sinners, or join win with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaffs scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Proverbs eighteen eleven through 12 The rich think of their wealth as a strong defense. They imagine it to be a high wall of safety. Haughtiness goes before destruction. Humility precedes honor.